Okay, let's get started with Parshas Emor. Parshas Emor, Tavshin Pei Beis, as we continue uh, here in Sefer Vayikra. Again, uh, the next couple of months will be uh, one week ahead here in Eretz Yisrael, uh, but Chuslaris will get it a week, a- week ahead. That's okay. And uh, we continue with Emor. Emor ala Kohanim, B'nei Aharon. We are Mamlechas Kohanim. We could even learn something from all of the Halachas, even if we're not Kohanim, and especially if we're not Kohanim, the only way that we can fulfill these mitzvahs are learning about them. So we'll start off with the beginning of the Parsha, uh, where we have the first Rashi. Hashem says to Moshe, Emor ala Kohanim, B'nei Aharon. Speak to the Kohanim, B'nei Aharon. So, Emar, and then it says, V'yamarta alehem, a double lashon. Emar v'yamarta, Chazal pick up on the fact that it says it twice with that verb in the beginning of the parsha. Rashi says, Emar v'yamarta, lahazir gedolim al haktanim. Right, quoting the Gemara Masechaz Yivamis, to warn the gedolim about the haktanim. What does that mean? The Pashib shot is that the Kohanim gedolim have to make sure that the Ketanim Kohanim obey certain laws that apply to Kohanim. Maybe not to bring a male Kohanim, Ketanim, into the cemetery. Uh, this is generalized, as in general, one of the sources of the Mitzvah Chinuch, uh, and not just for Kohanim, but for all adults to educate and to train the children to follow in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's ways. Lahazir Gedolim al Haktanim. But there is a... Drush Chassidi, a Hasidic thought quoted here in the Bas Ayin, a classic uh, Hasidic thought which uses um, gematria and ramazim and uh, puts it all together. So and Rashi Tevos, all in the one thought. So let's see if we can do this all. The first source here in the in the Bas Ayin says the Bas Ayin. There's a deeper idea here about Lahazir Gedolim Al Haktanim. Lahavin kolze al That's how often he starts al derech hamuser. She means uh, deeper, deeper thoughts. Hine amar chazal kohanim shluchei derechmananinu. Two places the Gemara talks about uh, kohanim. Who shlichim are the kohanim? The kohanim perform the avoda. Are they the shlichim of bnei Yisrael or are they the shlichim of Hashem? Because the kohanim are kind of like in the middle. They're doing God's work, but they're giving my carbon. So, who shluchim are they? So the Gemara says, Shluchei derachmana. They're Hashem's shliach. Vehine. So we know the principle of shlichus in halacha is, Hinei shi'inyin shiluach ulios kemo ha-sholeach. Kemaymer chazal, shlucho shaladam kemosa. We know there's a principle in shlichus, that there's an identification between the sender and the sendi. The mishaleach and the shliach. <laughs> the shliach of a person is like himself. So koanim or shluchei derachmana. How are koanim like God? V'chein koanim him a shluchei derachmana lahamshich rov chesed verachemim al Yisrael. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is full of ahava and chesed and love and caring for their fellow Jews. That's what koanim have to be. Kohanim, right? The only time we have such a bracha, when the Kohanim make a bracha, Lavarech Hazama Yisrael Ahava, right? The Rambam at the end of Hilchus Trumo says, when the Kohanim Bez Hashem will eat Truma, they'll make a bracha also. I forgot the exact bracha, Lechol, it's a Truma. Right? All the misses of the Kohanim, Ba'ava. Why, says the Bas Ayin? Because just like a Kodesh Baruch Hu is full of love, and ultimately Metiv, and Rav Chesed, so to Kohanim have to be those representatives. Look what they do for Klai Yisrael. They help achieve kapara. They help achieve atonement. 
for their fellow men. Through the chesed, through their uh, dedicating their lives to Am Yisrael, we know the Kohanim didn't have any land uh, besides the Are Levim, right? They're supposed to dedicate their lives to teaching and to bringing Am Yisrael closer to Hashem. So now he starts. If this is what the Kohanim's purpose is, more obviously all Jews have to do this, but especially Kohanim, who are halachically are called Shluchet Rachmana, that are halachically are called the Shlichim of Hashem, Lachain Gama Kohanim Srichim Lizlabesh, Bishnea Masar Big De Kahuna. Kohanim have to wear 12. What do you mean 12 Big De Kahuna? 8 and 4. Right? 8 and 4. If you add up all the Kohanim, and again, we're assuming the 8 is not just 4 plus 4. But the eight, the big day Kohen Gadol are eight. Big day Kohen Hedyot are four. That's twelve. Twelve is a special number. Hainu, Shmona Begadim Shal Kohen Gadol, Va'arba, Big day Kohen Hedyot. What are twelve? The twelve Begadim of a Kohen? Shabagadim, Aramzim, Lebachinas, Yudbeiz, Midos, Arachamim. The twelve Midos, Arachamim. What is that? Twelve Midos, Arachamim. Last time I checked Echin Miyodea, that was the last one in Echin Miyodea. The thirteen Midos, Arachamim. So, again, this is using Hasidic um, tools. Ki kel hu hakol The title includes all of those that follow. Right? Kel. Right, you have Hashem Hashem, but Kel uh, says the Bas'ayin. Sometimes the title includes all. Sometimes you say the title of a book. The title of a book includes everything in the book. The title, the name of Hashem, Kel, includes all others. So there's the title plus the Yud Beis, plus the twelve Midos. Shakonim Srichim Lislabish Bibachinas Avali Yisrael. And just like Hashem has the twelve Midos Harachamim, twelve plus one, so to the Kohanim. One also, one is always allowed to be, I don't know if it's called off by one, but uh, close to one in, in Gematria. Because you can always call what's called the kolel, the sum of its parts. It's always also uh, one more, one less. Okay, Leos Oiv Shalver Odev Shalom. Again, we're going to get the end point of this whole thought, as we're going to see, is Lahazar Gdolam Alaktanim. But we'll get there. So, point number one Shluch Hashalom Kemoso, Kohanim have to be like Hakadish Baruch Hu, and they're filled with Ahava. Lachain Gam Yisrael Amispalel. So, too, now he says beautifully. When we daven, it's ki'ilu we're giving a karban. As we know, the Gemara in Brachas tells us, tefillah is connected karbanos. So when we're bringing, that's one of the reasons we know that Chazal tell us we wash our hands in the morning. Even if we're not kohanim, why? One of the three reasons we wash our hands in the morning is because we're about to start our avoda. Just like the kohanim washed their hands and feet in the morning before they started the avoda. So we wash our hands in the morning. Kekoin, the Rashba says, Kekoin amiskadesh bekiar. We're about to bring our own carbon. So we also have to be like Hashem, full of Ahava and Chesed. And that's why there's a minute of the Arizal. It's found in some Sidurim, right on top of Matovu. Everybody should say, Harini mekabal alai, mitzvah vahavta recha kamocha. Hamizpalat zara lakabal atzma. Why? Because when we're about to bring the carbon, we also have to be full of Ahava. The davener has to be like the Kohen. Number two. Next step. Line 27. 
Kim al yedei bechinas shiflus tchila. Ule hisra'achig mi bechinas gaiva ma'od. The way to ultimately have the love for my fellow Jew is to eradicate gaiva. To eradicate any type of arrogance. Because if I feel above anyone else, I'm not going to have that unadulterated pure love. I'm better. I'm above. So we have to do our best to uproot and eradicate gaiva from our midst. Kia gaiva, and here has here he has gematria. He gematria tesvav. Gaiva is gematria fifteen. What's fifteen? Gaiva. That's only for Hashem, not for us. Where do you see that? Kiminyan vahamiluim shoshnei osios rishona shel Hashem barachu. Shem Hashem yud Yud K is 15. Hashem has Gaiva. And not only is Yud and He 15, the letters behind Yud and He, that's what he means by Vahamiluim. What's behind the Yud? Vav Dalid. Yud, Yud Vav Dalid. Vav and Dalid is 10. Behind the He is He. Yud He. So Hashem Yud K is equal to Gaiva, 15. And behind, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have Gaiva. That's not for a human being. Hashem is the only one that holds himself, so to speak, above. If we have arrogance, we violate. Right? We take up more room, as the Gemara says in Sota. The more room, more room we take up, the less room there is for Hashem. So, as we approach Hakadosh Baruch Hu in Tefillah, and we have to accept Avdurecha Kamocha. We have to do our best to eradicate any type of arrogance that's in our heart. And remember, and I give it to you the Gemara Masechah's Brachas. Remember that Gemara, I need birya v'chaveri birya. We each have a job to fulfill. We each have a tafkid. Nobody's better than the other one. Each person has a tafkid in a different area of life. Not to be pogame, not to stain anything above. And then he says, maybe that's a deeper idea of the Pasuk that we say in the Yom. To heal him. Ashrei hagever, praised is the person. Asher tiasrenu ka. Praises the one that ka is miyaser. That yudke, that they're miyaser. The ka keeps him in check, is miyaser him. If we remember the ka. Ashrei hagever asher bebechinas osios ka. We don't want to come close. And through that, allowing the cut to be above us, we will come to humility and chesed. And maybe that's also alluded to, again, continuing in the, in the Hasidic derech. What does the Pasuk say? Gadlu Lashem iti. E.T. is, is Rashi Tevas. God Hashem, great as Hashem. Hashem is Dula E.T. Asher Tiasrenuka. The one that, the one that, um, holds HaKadosh Baruch Hu above him. This is all now background. Now we get to his point. So the Kohanim are ultimate Baalei Chesed. And they have to be like HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And they always have to be focused on others. So now we get to a problem. The Yan, line 17. Why does the Parsha start off by telling us a Kohen is not allowed to go to a Levaya unless it's one of the seven relatives? A Kohen can't do the mitzvah for us mesim unless it's a mes mitzvah. But generally can't. How could that be? A Kohen is, is Mr. Chesed. A Kohen is Mr. Ava. 
The godless of a Kohen is to be like a Kodesh Baruch Hu, to be Baal Chesed. So it would be appropriate, she is asking for us basim, she chesed shal emes, the ultimate chesed. Chesed shal emes is kvura, as Chazal tell us, right? We're not getting anything back. Rachmi goluk tushasem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, but because of your Kohen, because of your kedushas kahuna, you can't. You have to stay away. You can't be a gadol in this area. I need you to have godless and be focused on other people, because that's ultimate godless when we focus on others. Right? So, says the Bas Ayin, you can't be a gadol in this area. So now we get back to the Chazal Emor Lakonim, Lahazir Gadolim, to warn the Gadolim, the Kohanim, who are usually Gadolim and full of Chesed and worried about others, Alaktanim, on this circumstance where they have to be a cut in the circumstance. They can't. Be ba'alei chesed in this area. It's, even though it's going against their nature, but their Kedushas Kohen also has ramifications. And there are rules, and there's a certain sanctity. Staying away from Tumas Meis. Zeush, Amar HaKosov, line 27. Amar HaKohanim. Bebechina zu yelem bebechinas katnus. What can you do? Lahazir agdolim. Hainu ba'alei chesed alaktanim sheyelem lefomim bebechinas katnus. Sometimes they have that. So that's Lahazir Gdolam Alaktanim in the eyes of the Bas Ayin, no pun intended. But through the eyes of the Bas Ayin, and we see here Shluchashalam Kamoso and Chesed and Gematria 15 and Ashriya Gevashiat Yasrenu Kap and Gadlu Lashem Iti. Okay. So if we had a Hasidic thought, now let's move on to a Halachic thought. A Halachic thought. Yeah, we try to have a little of everything in tonight's year. Again, Emor is jam-packed with mitzvos. Um, let's get to a halachic thought. This is a discussion in the Rishonim. I gave it to you. I gave you a summary of four different ideas. But it starts off with the Tosas of Amatziah. It's all quoted here in source number two. The contemporary Sefer, the Menchas Micha. It quotes from Tosas at the end of Mesechus of Amatziah, that Kufi Yodalit. There is a discussion in the Rishonim what Shevet Elio Anavi was from. Elio Hagiladi. Is he a Giladi? Is he from God? Is he Elio Hupinchas? Is he a Kohen? There's a discussion in the Rishonim. Assuming that Elio is a Kohen, and he's Mitsuva in the Torah, just like we are Mitsuva in the Torah, beginning of Parshas Emor, he's not allowed to become Tomei Meis. So there's a question the Rishonim have on a story in Tanakh. We know a Kohen is not allowed to become Tommy unless it's one of his seven relatives or a Mace Mitzvah. So Eliyahu Navi was called to revive the boy that had died. So the question that Tosfos asks in Bamitziah is how was he Matami himself? How was he allowed to touch the boy? And it sounds like from the Psukim that he touched the boy. Say for Malachim, Malachim Aleph, Parag Yuzayin, Elio Kohenu, V'asalo Latami Lameisim. He can't be become Tami Meisim. How did Elio Hanavi revive the boy? So many answers to the question. There's much discussion on Tosvah's answer to the question. Tosvah has an unbelievably fascinating answer. Tosvah says, Shahayabarur lo sheyichayehu, V'havilei pikuach nefesh, Shemutur li Tami. Elio Hanavi knew that he would 
be successful in reviving him, so it was pikuach nefesh, because he could save his life. So that's unusual. Right? Usually pikuach nefesh is preventing death. And here it's removing death. Right? So who says that that's a situation of pikuach nefesh? Right? There are some of the great Amoraim that performed chiasamesim. Some of the Amoraim. Right? Rabbah and uh, some of the others also, what, they didn't try to do tchiasamesim. What? They didn't know that they would be successful. Elio Navi is Elio Navi. I mean, Elisha did it twice. Right, that's the Gemara says. Once in his lifetime, once even after he died. But that's the, that's the, that tosis his application of, of pikuach nefesh. That he knew that he would revive him, so he's allowed to do it. Some other Rishonim are not accepting of that answer. The Radvaz writes in a Shuvah, you have it there, ain't somchanalanes. This is halacha. Elio Navi, you now we usually think of the personalities in Tanakh as, as living totally different lives than us and not relating. Elion Navi also lived after the Torah was given. Elion Navi also had to wear tefillin and talis and keep Shabbos and kosher. Elion Navi. So he, the same halachic standards that apply to him apply to us apply to him. So ain't some chanalanes. Now let it rely on Nisim when it comes to Isurim. Va'odiksha, says the Radvaz. Shim hayabarlo she'ichayehu ain't kan pikuach nefesh. Similar to what I asked before. It's not pikuach nefesh. Pikuach nefesh means the focusing, to focus to make sure one's life is, is, is kept. Here, he's dead already. Wouldn't call that pikuach nefesh. Maybe hachzaras nefesh. Returning it. But this is Tosfus' answer, and there have been volumes written just on this answer of Tosfus, what exactly Tosfus means. Number one. But one can bring it up at the Shabbos table and Take a look at the comments. The Shin Mekubetz is there, has another answer. In the name of the Talmud Raf. Sheben Ishaat Sarfatis Lo Meis Arachnes Aleph. Okay? He wasn't, he wasn't dead. He fainted. He looked dead. He was mostly dead, but not fully dead. Right? And this is following the opinion then. This is a Machlokas in the court in the, in the Shulchan Arach. Right, we pass in the, Shul- in the Shulchan Aruch that a Kohen is not allowed to be in contact with a gosais either. Somebody who is on the verge of death. Right, of Kohen. Not just, right, I mean, Pasha's Mishum Gzeira, because he's about to die. The Kohen doesn't want to become Tame, but, so this must be assuming that the child was a gosais and he was allowed to, to, uh, be Matame in that, uh, in that regard. Okay, that's a uh, second answer. But again, the Pasha Pshat of the Psukhan don't say that. The Pasuk seems to say that, you know, that the, the child died, right? And that's why the Gemara, even at the end of Masechah Nida, which talks about the Ben Ashunamis, doesn't talk about the Ben Atzarfatis, which was earlier. But this is, right, <laughs> this is not the Pashup Shat after it says, Lahamis es bini in the Psukim, or by Yom Merlio, Re'ei Chei Benech. Number two. Number three, a third answer is, and maybe this is the Pashup Shat, it was a Horasha. Right. It was a one-time thing. Elion Navi knew, but, you know, Yesh Koch B'yad Chachamim Lachar Dovim in Torah. Once in a while. Look, Elion Navi brought Karbanis on Har Carmel, and that's the classic example of, of violating, the, ra- the rabbis violating uh, the Torah actively, B'kum Vasei. So, Horasha. Right, that's what he quotes from the Ridvaz. Right, to bring a kid of Hashem. Who can make those determinations? Elio Novi can make that determination. 
Right? We can't make that determination, but to the, the Kiddush Shem Shemayim that came out of that, of that event, right, that's, that was the, the, the um, decision that Eliyahu Navi made. Right, he was the one that gave her the child. What a chil Hashem would have been if he wouldn't, if the child would have died. Or, fourth and final approach for us, maybe he had the status of a mace mitzvah. What's a mace mitzvah? Someone who nobody else is or can deal with. Mace mitzvah. A mace that there's a mitzvah to be kover. So here there's a mace that there's a mitzvah to be mechaya. Nobody else can do it. Aliyah Navi is the only one. So either way, this is a discussion in the, in the uh, Mepharshim, in the Rishonim, in the Rishonim and the Achronim about Aliyah Navi, assuming he was a Kohen, how was he able to to uh, be involved in in uh, in this. Okay. One final point. This is all about Tumas Kohanim. All about Tumas Kohanim uh, towards the beginning of the of the uh, of the parsha. This is just Ha'ara. Rav uh, Salvechik speaks about this a lot. It's fascinating. I think I mentioned in the past. Rav Salvechik's grandfather, Rav Chaim. If you look um, in the Grachal Rambam, in the Sefer on the Rambam, more than any other set of halachos. Hilchos Tumas Meis has more pages in the Reb Chaim Al-Rambam. Hilchos Tfilah has one page. Right, Hilchos uh, Shabbos has a couple of pages. Hilchos Tumas Meis has about 15 pages. Pages and pages, because they say when Reb Chaim was uh, getting older and he was uh, realizing his mortality, this is what he was osaken. This is how he calmed down by uh, keeping perspective, by being osaken, the halachos of Tumas Meis. That's Reb Chaim. But Rav Salvechik, in, uh, in source number three, deals with the issue of Tomas Mace, which again he wrote about uh, numerous times. And he set notes that Tomas Mace is the ultimate in recognizing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge. It's the mystery that will never be solved. I think we mentioned in other years that Rav Salvechik noted amazingly that in Parshas Chukas, the beginning of Parshas Chukas, uh, we start off in year number two. Right? We have uh, Shlach, Korach. Korach took place in year number two of the Midbar. And then we have Chukas. What's Chukas? Tumas Meis. And then what happens right after that? Miriam dies. Wait, one second. What happened to those 38 years? How do we go from year two to year 40? Parshas Chukas. The end of Korach was year two. So these are what he calls the 38 blackout years. The years that the Torah is silent on. What is the Torah put into this section? What's the transition from year two, Korach, to year 40, Miriam dying? Tumas Meis. The halachas of Tumas Meis. Why? Why is that there? Right? Tumas Vitara should be in Sefer Vayikra. What's it doing there in Bamidbar, in Parshas Chukas? Because this is what they were dealing with. This is what Klai Yisrael were dealing with for 38 years. Every Tishabav. Every Tishabav, right? The Chazal tell us they, they dug their own graves, they went to sleep, and Moshe Rabbeinu says, in the morning. This is what they were dealing with. So Kodesh Baruch Hu gives them how to deal, Tumas Mace, and the messages of how to deal, Tvila and Hazza'a. Tvila I could do myself, but Hazza'a to be sprinkled with the ashes of the Paraduma. I need someone else. Reckon, that's the only Tuma that, one of the only Tumas that requires someone else. In Mitzorah also, because Mitzorah is Doma Lemes. Because ultimately, Akharish Baruch Hu is in charge. Uh, if we don't think Akharish Baruch Hu is in charge of anything else in the world, 
he's in charge of this. He's in charge of, of life and death. But Salvatric here in this week's Parsha discusses the difference between the death of a human being and the death of any other organism, be it a tree, be it an animal. Right? We know the ultimate Tumah, right? The ultimate Tumah is, is Tumas Meis. Aviyavosa Tumah. The only Aviyavosa Tumah there is, is, is Tumas Meis. Right? A dead tree is not Metame anything. Right? If I take a flat, cut a flower and I put it on my Shabbos table, that's not Metame anything. The less life there is, the less Tumah there is. An animal, there is certain Tumah. Tumas Nevela of a carcass. Certain animals. And then, of course, there's Tumas Meis. Why the difference, says Rev Salvechik here, it's not just quantity. It's not just quantity that we go up from the plant, right, the horticultural kingdom to the, to the animal kingdom to the human kingdom. No, no, it's different. Generally, death, he says, obviously, is something that we stay away from. But says Rev Salvechik on line 9, Tumas Meis constitutes a unique category. Of course, a dead person is a dead organism. And whatever is said of the animal cadaver may also be said of the lifeless human cadaver, human body, which is also exposed to the ugly process of decomposition. However, there is something more horrible to be experienced when one is in contact with human death. Why? Human death, however, terminates a personality, an ontological dimension, a spiritual individuality who is self-aware and self-conscious, a personality which was driven by vision and hope, which despaired, rejoiced, grieved, which lived not only in the present moment, but in retrospection and anticipation. In a word, as Rev. Salvatric said, death of a human being destroys a world. Because we're not just a species. We don't just believe in what many Rishonim believe in by animals, hashkacha klalas. There's hashkacha on the species. And even if we could say, and our scientists say, well, this species has become extinct, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has its own categories. And Hashem watches over the species. Turning over the page. In the animal world, the death of an individual is not tragic because the existence of the genus is not threatened by the death of an individual. Right? There is no individualistic existence among animals. Somebody can be connected to an animal, but we have to make sure that... We don't go overboard in our relationship and compare it and have it rival a human being. The individual exists as the representative of the class by animals. Hence, the death of an individual does not count. Among people, the situation is completely different. The individual does not lead a a representative, but an individualistic existence. Every person is an all all world. That's a unique, and that's why there are many different halachas, obviously. But ultimately, for our purposes, Tumas Meis. Tumas Meis. There's no Isser of Tumas Nevela. If somebody becomes somebody Mishum Nevela, there are halachas that kick in. But Tumas Meis is different. Because, let's go to the other side, the positive. There's no other religion that focuses on human life as much as Judaism does. There's no other religion that values every moment of human life. And we don't determine, you know, the we, we don't uh, have a measuring rod in halacha. Uh, what is a life worth? Rahman al-Islam, the first thing that many of our enemies have done, even just 80 years ago. Well, if the person cannot contribute to society or the world, then they're not worth living. Rahman al-Islam. 
we don't have that value. We say every second of, of human life is human dignity, is the individual. And that is why Kohanim, who are on the level, they have to stay far away from Tumah and in general. Even Yisraelim, there's no Isser, but we generally have our limitations of, even in Hilchas Avelus, Hilchas Aninus and Avelus, about how to deal with, with Tumah. So ultimately, Tumas Mace is obviously a tremendous negative, but we could also learn the positive from it. But it's a place to recognize. Kodesh Baruch Hu is in charge. Hashem is, is ultimately the one that, um, biyadcha hachayim v'hamesim. Biyadcha hachayim v'hamesim. Okay, now let's get into some of the actual psukim. That we have a number of those general thoughts. Pasuk vav. Pasuk vav. Sorry, we're a lot of, uh, we'll get to some of the later parsha also. So we have the Kohanim, all the halachas of Tumah, and then there's a general pasuk. Kedoshim yiu lelokehem. The Kohanim should be holy to their God. Hey makri, uh, And they shall not violate. They shall not desecrate Shem Elokeim. Ki Hashem Lechem Elokeim Hei Makrivim Kodesh because they are offering the, the, the bread of their God Vahayu Kodesh. First two phrases of the Pasuk. Kedoshim Yil Elokeim Lo Yichalu Shem Elokeim Sanctify my name, don't desecrate my name. So we have this a numerous times in the Torah but we have it here too. Says the Ramban, you have it there in source number five. Kedoshim Yil Elokeim Hakedusha, he a precious. Hashapirashti b'seder shamala. Kedusha is precious, as the Ramban quotes himself in Parshas Kedoshim, Kedoshim tiyu, Prushim tiyu. Yomar sha'afilu b'mutur liYisrael yikonim Prushim. The Kohanim have to go above and beyond, not just what's allowed. Does it, what's allowed doesn't always mean that it's appropriate. Yibabu mitomas hamesim menusuei hanashim. But we know that the Kohanim also have higher standards in terms of halacha also, in terms of tum, in terms of who they're allowed to marry, etc. Question. Mamaod says the Eish Tamid. Ask the Eish Tamid here. Mamaod Be holy, don't desecrate. Is there nothing in between? Is there nothing in between sanctifying God's name and being mechal shem shamayim? Like how about, I want to be neutral. I'm not going to be the world's greatest Makadi Shem Shemayim, but I'm not going to be Mechal Shem Shemayim either. I'll kind of like go under the radar. That's not, that's not okay. Like where does that fit in? The Torah tells us two opposite commands. Masha Mamshech HaPasik, V'omer V'lo Yichalu Shem Elokeim, V'lo Halo Tchilas HaPasik, V'hemshecho Rechokim Karachog Mizrach Mimayruv. It's like from east to west, it's two extremes. Two extremes. Get a hundred, don't get a forty. Right? There's a lot in between. There's a lot in between. They're commanded to be above and beyond the highest level of Kedusha. Do we have to, again, right? Do your best and don't do really bad. Right? No, no, you have to do your best. Two ideas. So the Ishtaman here has two ideas. The idea that we've said often. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground in life. Especially for a Jew. 
Right? Re'eh, remember the first passage again? Re'eh. There's nothing in between for a human being and especially for a Jew. Either be holy, or the opposite. You have a choice. Be holy because if you're not holy, there's only one other option. You have to have, have a higher standard. There is a discussion in the Rishonim, a philosophical discussion. The Chovos Halavavos talks about this. Is there any, I'll say this hashkafically, because luckily for sure there is. Is there any Dvar in life? Like, if I'm supposed to do what I'm about to do, then it's a mitzvah. If I'm not supposed to do it, then it's an avera. No, I'm not supposed to do it. Hashem wants me to do this, doesn't want me to do it. Is there anything that Hashem doesn't care? It's like, yeah, fine, whatever. Like, does, is there anything that Hashem has the attitude of, I don't really care so much? Like, I'm about to go do exercise. I'm about to, I don't know, do, do a mitzvah, obviously. Is there divrei rishus in life? Or could every action in my life be, if Hashem wants me to do this, then it's a mitzvah in some way. Right? There's a Shlach Kadosh. The Mishaburah quotes it a few times, I think, in, uh, in his commentary. The, Mishabur, the Shlach Kadosh says, if every single thing that we eat is L'Shem Shemayim, it's to keep me healthy, it's to be able to help me serve Hashem, it's to be able to make a bracha, then every single thing we eat is a Suda's Mitzvah. There's no such thing. It's not a Suda Shein Mitzvah. Because if it's not a Suda's Mitzvah, why am I eating? I'm just overeating. Right, what, I'm just, I just, like, you might ask that kasha about dessert in general. Right? What's the, what's the heter for dessert? We should be going back to learning. What's the heter? So you might say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu understands. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be, I'm not saying that I eat plenty of dessert. And I'm all for dessert. But, but it's an interesting philosophical question. But, you know, as Rav Shechter likes to say, there's a mitzvah to be normal too. Right? So we have to, we have to, but again, philosophically, says the Eish Tamid, again, not in a halachic sense, because there's definitely divrei rishus. The Gemara often is machalic between dvar mitzvah and dvar rishus. Mochemetz mitzvah, mochemetz rishus. Uh, going out, for a, so there is, there's many differences. The Gemara talks about it. If you do l'shem mitzvah, then you can do this before Shabbos. Some l'shem rishus, we're in Shabbos, that you test. So, halachically, there's definitely that, those categories. But what about hashkafically? So says the Eish Tamid, Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem. If we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, that's a Kiddush Hashem. If we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, it's a Chil Hashem. And that's, that's the avoda of a human being, and that's the avoda of a Jew. But then there's a second idea. Then there's a second idea, source number six. This we've mentioned in the past. He doesn't quote it, but it's based on the Gemara, and goes the Gemara, but the Rambam also. Oni Tilavar Bofa Nosaf. Source number six. Kiddush and Chil Hashem is a sliding scale. Sliding scale. What's a Kiddush Hashem for one is not a Kiddush Hashem for the other. Right? The standard that a Kiddush Baruch Hu expects from person A might not be the standard that he expects from person B. Person A, it's a Kiddush Hashem if he gets to shul in the middle of davening. 
for person B. It's a chil Hashem if he gets to shul in the middle of davening. Right? So it, it depends. It's a sliding scale. And that's Kiddush Hashem chil Hashem. Like the Gemara says, the Gemara talks about in Yuma. Mahu open shechil Hashem via Gemara sherav Amar. Rav says, if I pay, if I buy something on credit, that's a chil Hashem. People are going to look at me and they're not going to see me pay. No, no, no. They're going to start talking. Right? The Gemara says sometimes, Adam chash of shiny. Somebody has to have a higher standard. Zel chil Hashem, Rabbi Yochanan says, if I go four amos without Torah and tefillin. Right? Sometimes if people see the rabbi waiting online without a sefer, just let's just like, I don't know. Or they see, right? If somebody's just like, I don't know, somebody else watching something on their phone, okay, they're wasting time. They see the rabbi doing, watching that. Oh, that's a chil Hashem. So depending who we are, that doesn't mean, oh, I shouldn't try to be in the higher category or the different category of, of, of sanctifying. But, says the Hashem. There are so many levels. There are so many levels. Right? If somebody who's noted as a holy person, right? And one always has to know for their own. For their own. Sometimes people think, well, now I was just on an airplane. Right? So nobody knows, like, you know, on the airplanes now, there's 4,000 movies to watch. So I don't turn it on. But it's like, if somebody's want, like somebody from another sea, you never know. We ask the Kodesh Baruch was always watching, but even in this regard, Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem. So that's the pasuk here. He says, "Apiz Anitin Levar line fourteen, Kizem Hashem pasuk Balom Alakohanim, Be Kadosh, Omeachar Shemetzupa Mehem Liostomet Vektusha Prishus Kohanim." You have to be on a higher level, and therefore your Chil Hashem radar and scale is higher up because you're Kohanim. And it's very easy to fall. It's very easy to slip up. So again, he says it here by Kohanim, but it applies to all of us. Right? If we're known as a Shomer Torah mitzvah, so if we're known as an Ever Hashem, we're known as an Orthodox Jew, that already puts us in this category. Because there are those out there that judge us. And look at us. You know, what is, what is, what are they doing? Because we have to live on a higher plane. And we have the privilege of living on a higher plane in terms of how we talk and what we do and how we, how we uh, hold ourselves. You know, that is something that we have to look at as a schus and, and make sure that we take advantage. Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem. Two ideas in the age time. Okay. We have to talk a little bit about the Parshas Hamoah after all, that is, in Parshas Emor, the first of the three major Parshios Amoadim, we know in Mishpatim was mentioned a little bit also, but now we have Emor, Pinchas, and Re'eh. This is the first one, Perach of Gimel. Hashem says to Moshe, These are the Moadim. These are the Moadim. And of course, we have Shabbos. We've noted that in the past. What Shabbos doing here is Shabbos Amoed. And as if the Torah recognizes that it is unusual to have Shabbos here. After mentioning Shabbos, we have another introduction. These are the Moadim, and then, of course, we have Pesach, and we have 
Yemei Hasvira and Shvuis and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot. Perachav Gimel. Says, if you look in the Hisalachti Besochachem, Reb Lubenzweig, Rosh Hashiva of Yerucham, says, Reb Lubenzweig, here, as he always does, such insightful comments. Parshas HaMoados Kovases Mano HaMugdash Shalkom Moed. V'lachar Mikan Mepharetes HaMitzvosav. By every one of the Moadim, we'll see, except for one, we have the date of the Moed listed, and then the Torah tells us what to do on that holiday. What to do on the holiday. So first we have Pesach, right? Bachodesh Arishon, Bachabish Hashem, Bachodesh Chag Matzos, and once we know, Shivas Yam Matzos Tochelu. It's Pesach, eat matzah. Fine. Let's skip. Skip Shvuas for a moment. Let's go to Yom Kippur, or, or even before that, Bachodesh Rosh Hashanah, Bachodesh Shvi Bechalachodesh, right? That's the date. Yelachem Shabason, Zichron Shrua Mikra Kodesh, Shofar. Next, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, the date and what to do. Sukkis, right, afterwards. And then it says, except for Shavuos, except for Yemei Hasvira, except for Yemei Hasvira. Now, continuing in source number nine. Shonem Mikulam. The Torah does not say, this is the day of Shavuos, and this is what you're supposed to do. Again, there aren't any mitzvahs hayom of Shavuos. But one could say, Sviras HaOmer is kind of a mitzvah related to Shavuos. It could have said Shavuos and count toward Shavuos. No, it doesn't say that. It just says, right, we have... Okay, the carbon of Omer that's brought on the second day of Pesach. And then, start counting. It doesn't say the date. First it says what to do. And then you have the date. Am Yisrael Tzorach Lohanifes HaOmer V'lispar Shiva Shavuos Wave the Omer on the second day of Pesach Count seven days And through that It will be Nikva And as we know There is no specific date even given In the Torah What's the message? And this is parallel he says to Pinchas The next Parshas HaMoadim Also It's different than the others Uviyom HaBikurim Source number eight Pakrivchem Mincha Chadash HaLashem B'Shavuosichem Right. When you bring the Mincha Chadasha, then make a Kodesh Yalachem. First it says what you have to do. Right. Then it says make a Kodesh. Imkain, line five. Lofanenu Moed Yotze Dofan. Shalokamo Kolamoados Acherim. This is unlike all the other holidays. Shebahem Azmanu Markiv Mashmotish Nikva Milamala. As we know, by all the other holidays, Hashem tells us, this is the date and this is what you do on this date. Shavuos, Hashem does not tell you, tell us this is the date. Hashem says, you make the date. You count towards the date. This holiday is create, more than, all of them are Makadish Yisrael Vazmanim, but Shavuos more than any other. Right, Shabbos is Kviyavakaimah. But this is even more. Tofa yichudit od yoter. 
But the moed comes as a result of our pu'ula. But he says it's more than that. It's the contrast to what preceded it. We know the Torah uses a misleading word. And this led to one of the major arguments between the Tzdukim and the Prushim. We, we have, start counting, Mimachras HaShabbos. Mimachras HaShabbos, Tisprich HaMishim Yom, Nireh. And the question is, and we know that Shabbos means the first day of Pesach, but the question is, the Achronim ask. So, so why does the Torah use such a word? The Meshachachma has a pshat in this week's parsha. Why Dafka call Pesach Shabbos here? Is there a connection between Pesach and Shabbos? Says Reb Blumenzweig, yeah, exactly related to our point. Shabbos and Pesach have nothing to do with us. Start counting Svira. Your input, your involvement, your creation, Mimachras HaShabbos. Shabbos is Kfiyavakaima, just like Pesach, we basically had nothing to do with. Why Dafka does the Torah here call Pesach Shabbos? It's it's like Shabbos. Pesach is like Shabbos in its nature. Kefisha Shabbos he is galus elyona shein la adam yadba. Pesach is a divine revelation from above. Gam yitzias mitzrayim ikar is galus elyona yitzias mitzrayim makos makos bechoros it's all God. What do we do? We got Brismila. We didn't do much. Maybe Kriyas Yamsa, we did a little more. But ultimately, we didn't really do much. That's the contrast. You became a nation through my action. Now you have to start counting. Now you have to start creating. This this holiday is like Shabbos. It's Kfi Vakaima, it's set. But Pesach, Hashem appears from above and goes into the reality. There's nothing for human beings, no human input. That's even reflected, he says, by Chipazon. Chipazon, in haste, in a second, quickly. It wasn't thought out human preparation. Chipazon is kind of a reflection of Me'al Azman. It's above time. Hashem is not bound by time. Right, this second, right now. It's above. It's above. And after this, after this type of holiday, we spend seven weeks counting because every day is supposed to be our involvement. We're called to act. And to create the next holiday. This is the opposite of Chippazon. Shvuas is the exact Shvuas is thought out, planned out. We know exactly when it's going to come and we head towards it. It can't be in one second, like a God holiday. So this is the relationship between Pesach and Shvuas. It's dafka mimachres hashabbos. Pesach is milamala lamata. Shuas is mimata lamala, from below to above. And then he says in the next source, and that also might be matzah and chametz. 
Right? Pesach is all about matzah, as we know. One of the only karbonos that we bring out of chametz is the shtehalechem uh, on shvuas. One of the only karbonos. Ten out of the forty loaves of the carbon toda. Also, why? Chametz, we allow it to rise. Human input. Matzah, we're rushing. We don't let anything happen. It's all HaKadosh Baruch Stay away from chametz, where we allow something to happen. We need it. We let it rise. Bread. Matzah is simple. We don't put any any other ingredients in. And that's the message of matzah and chametz uh, as well. So again, this is our creation. This is Pesach to Shvuas. This is Sirah Saomer. This is Matzah to Chametz. This is Mimachras. Mimachras Hashabbos. Okay. One general thought about this uh, parak, also Parshas Amoadim. Parshas Amoadim is about time. It's about time. And maybe the message of reading Parshas Amoadim, which is all about the Chagim, Rabbi Sachs says in source number 10 and 11, we have to recognize the greatest gift HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us. The greatest gift He gives us is every day that we have. And every moment that we have. God gives us one thing above all. Life itself. And He gives it to us all on equal terms. However rich we are, there are still only 24 hours in a day, 7 days in a week, and a span of years that however long is all too short. The single most important fact about our life on which all else depends is how we spend our time. And Rabbi Sachs' message here is that what he calls it, I think we might use a different word, but he says it's not just about to have things I want to do and make lists of what I want to do. But what he calls it there on page number seven now, do not rely exclusively on to-do lists. Use a diary. I think what he means here by a diary is exactly what I'm going to do each day and how I'm going to fill the day, not just general, you know what I want to do this year, you know what my resolution is, be lemaisa. Be lemaisa, and in that way we could accomplish more. The most successful people schedule their most important tasks in their diary. They know that if it isn't there, it won't get done. To-do lists are useful, but not sufficient. They remind us of what we have to do, but not when. Again, diary... You know, how it might be used in uh, the American jargon is just like, at the end of the day, you write what you did. But by Sachs is using it in a different sense. Now he means, write what you're going to do today. Write what you want to accomplish. Right? They fail to distinguish when you have a to-do list. They fail to distinguish between what is important and what is merely urgent. They clutter the mind, v'chulu. This is what the Jewish calendar is about. Right? We value time. We use time. This is Parachav Gimel. It sets out a weekly, monthly, and yearly schedule of sacred times. And continues to next week's parasha, where we have seven-year sacred times and 50-year sacred times. Our lives must be have dedicated times when we focus on the things that give life a meaning. And we have to recognize those. I think we mentioned in, uh, in the Haggadah Shir a few weeks ago from Rav Dessler. Rav Dessler says, um, it's not that a human being is is a static and constant, and time goes over us. No, we go through time. It's as if our life is a train. 
and we get off, you know, we get off the, oh, this stop, Pesach, oh, Pesach, let's get off and enjoy. It's, oh, Nisan always has this, it's always here, but we experience it. And then we get back on the train, and we get off, and we go on Shavuos, so we get back. There, there's magical moments, we have to just try to get, get off the train and enjoy them, and to get the most out of them. Get the most out of them. Right? What other religion has, has a day to focus on bettering ourselves, to, to, uh, asking forgiveness from, from, uh, from others? There's a time for everything. Chazal, the Torah already puts into the Bria, puts into our calendar. I need you to focus on Shuva here. I need you to focus on Emuna here. I need you to focus on Kabbalah Torah here. So the Torah already gives us what he calls a diary, but we have to just fill in between those moments to appreciate those moments, but also um, fill in those moments as well as he continues to recognize every moment that we have, right? That's what he calls the life-changing magic of the Jewish calendar. Do not rely exclusively on to-do lists. Use a diary, or I would say, right, what to do when, and live by the Jewish calendar to experience the things that give life a meaning. I just wanted to end in Yonah Yoma tonight here in Eretz Yisrael is Yom HaZikaron. Um, I wanted to end with one little thought. Again, there's a thousand, more than a thousand sources we could mention and recognize and remind us about the schus of, of our, not just having sacred times, but having a sacred land and being able to at least visit, but even to live in, um, in Eretz Yisrael Rabbi Bachai. Again, it's Pashut, it's obvious, and we mentioned this from the Rabban in the past. But just to remind ourselves, remind ourselves, there's only one land that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is directly involved in. There's only one land that there's direct, close hashgacha. There's many, 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 how many countries are there in the world? How many millions and billions and trillions of acres in the world? A Jew can live anywhere on earth except for Kodesh Kodashim, Malaharis Arbais, but there's only one place where there's a mitzvah to live. Because Hashem says, this is my, this is my palace. Says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, Al Derech Hapshad, there's a Pasuk in Akif. The Torah says it. As the Mepharshim point out, what, the Machloka is about, mitz, is it a mitzvah? Every parsha in the Torah talks about the importance and the centrality of Eretz Yisrael. Starting with Avram Avinu, says Rabbeinu Bachai on the Pasik, Eretz Asher Hashem Lokecha Dore Shosatamid, the land that Hashem seeks out always. Aldera Chapshat, Iker Hashkachaso Be'eretzahi. The Iker Hashkacha of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is here. Ki Bevade Kal Eretzos Udarish. Yes, there is Hashkacha, obviously. There's a connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in every land. Aval Ha'inyan Ki Iker Hadrisha Ve'ha'ashkacha Sham, umisham, mispashetes l'shar ha'aratzos. The Iker nourishment of the world starts in Eretz Yisrael. And then it goes out. The Iker hashgacha, Hashem looks at. Ke'inyin halev ba'adam. Eretz Yisrael is the heart. Shehu nasun be'emsa ha'guf, shehu Iker ha'chiyus, umisham ha'chiyus mispashet l'shar ha'ivarim. Eretz Yisrael is the heart of the Jewish people, the heart of the world. The heart of Am Yisrael. So if somebody has the ability to be in the heart, you know, it's, it's, you know, those who have had this chus of going from the leg or the pinky or some other part of the body to the heart, Eretz Yisrael is the heart. 
And every single Jew in the world has to remember and always re- always have that focus. Eretz is not under other forces. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, who maybe never got the chance, didn't get to, to live here, probably didn't get to visit here either. Or the Ramban came. I don't think, I don't know if Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar came. So we have to recognize, especially at this time of year, when we remember and thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the schus that he has given us and the uh, ability to, to live in Eretz Yisrael, the ability more Torah being learned in Eretz Yisrael than ever before, the, um, everything that Eretz Yisrael uh, symbolizes for all of us, we have to remember, let's never forget it. And thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for what we have, but Davin, Davin for even more than Hey Rav Yameinu. Amen.